This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You don't just live in your home, you live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, Homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, transportation, local amenities, cultural attractions, unique qualities, and even things like median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You can watch the original episode we'll be discussing in every other episode of HBO's Curb Your Enthusiasm, including the new and final season on Max. You can also watch the video version of the History of Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast on Max and YouTube as well. Links available in the episode description. Today is season one, episode three, Porno Gill. Porno Gill. Yes. A classic, I think. It's pretty great. Yeah. It's pretty great. You know what struck me from the very beginning of it? This is a very simple structure of this episode. Right. It's a classic structure. Maybe I'm just coming from the point of view of where we are now, you know, in season <clears> 12 and how complicated. But it's just eloquent in its simplicity. You Look know? at you saying eloquent. For those <laughs> uh, uh, listening who don't understand eloquent, that's with a level of class and simplicity. And I obviously know you know that, but I liked saying that. Well, all right. So we start off with golf. Yes. And I think, you know, golf, we know, is a major theme through all the seasons. And I think this is the first real, and this by the the first way, real golf. By the way, if I may, uh, people think I play golf. I play nine hole, but people think I'm a regular golfer based on seeing Because of the curve. show. Yeah. Larry is a, a big golfer. An he loves to play golf. golfer. Yeah, he loves And by the way, golf. how much time on the set does he, an air swing, he does an air, air swing. all the time. But he has for all years. And his air swing has changed. That's the thing that's hilarious. Well, he's grown. He's grown. No, I don't know, but he's trying new things all the time. So, yeah. Because he's an artist. Uh, yeah, he's a golf artist. So, we start out with the guy. Now, here's the now, funny hold thing. On the thing. Wait, but, but, but before you go there to the scene, what was unusual about this episode is the Curb theme comes on, and while it's still playing, we're establishing where Larry's at, where there's a whole bunch yes. of action going on, and that's unusual for the show. Well, not unusual yeah. at well, that time. Well, the show, you know, this is the, fir the first season. The yeah. things that are just well, finding themselves. Well, by the way, themselves. the next episode, it didn't do that. Just saying. Yeah, and also, you know what else I noticed about the curb theme in this episode? There were times when it was slowed down. During the episode. Yeah, that Never was weird that to again, me. Never did that again, to my yeah. knowledge. So. Yeah, that was weird to me. Yeah. So it starts out, the Larry's at the driving range. Right. And he's hitting balls, and a guy comes up with a, a hat with a bolo string. Yes. Which Larry objects to. You could see that he's disgusted with the bolo string, which he ended up wearing many seasons later. I know. But nonetheless, <laughs> he didn't know that. Yeah. By the way, watching now, I didn't, I, I didn't understand the first uh, scene, the setup. 
where the ball drops and Larry chooses not to pick it up until he went back home and explained it to Cheryl. And explained it to Cheryl. That's Neither when I'm did like, I. oh, okay, so that's not my... Which, by the way, you know, the show is filled with subtleties, you know, but I think this is one of the only times where I really did not quite get it. And then once he told Cheryl, I was like, oh, we could have filled that Oh, yeah, that he didn't pick up the ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, so. I had the same response. I had the exact same response. But I do think that the first time we see a theme that's throughout all the seasons, which is golf etiquette. That's right. a big theme of, of You're his. saying that, and I didn't even notice that while we were filming it at all. Yeah. I don't notice anything. I just go there and do my crap. And I'm, See, I'm, I'm focused on each scene when I'm a producer, and when I'm in a scene, I focus on that scene. I never think about, well, there's a lot of golf-themed stuff here. And it's amazing you caught that. I never did. Yeah. Well, that's the beauty. We notice different things. One of the things I noticed in the next scene, when he's home talking about this to Cheryl, is his shirt. It's a shirt he never would wear now. It's red. It has a zipper. It's something he never would wear a red. I've never seen him in a red shirt since season one. Yeah. Again, something like you Like red, noticed. not a burgundy. Red. <laughs> Susie, <laughs> I don't understand. Okay. But my favorite thing that he says in that scene with Susie was that he recoiled in horror. Based on a guy... With Cheryl. Yeah, he said this was Cheryl. Yeah. Based on a guy who had a strap under his goofy hat, you know? And that is why he did not pick up the ball. Because yeah. golf etiquette would dictate that he should have picked yes, up the ball. Yes, without a doubt. But I didn't quite understand. Yeah. All right, so let's move on from golf. Then he talks about you're having bypass surgery. Yes, and uh, comes to visit me in the hospital. Which, at this point... Am I wrong? Did you want to say something else in between there? Well, no. The other thing that I found interesting was that uh, Gil calls. Right. Before that's he comes to Gil calls, yes. Gil yes. calls, and he's trying to call John DeBellis, which is hilarious right. that he... John DeBellis is an old comic from I the old John days. DeBellis. I know yeah, I actually... From an, we, from, but he always throws in these names of, you know, people that nobody else knows but us, but right. I love it. I enjoy John it. John DeBellis comedian. Is, was... He's still around, right? He's a yeah, great yeah. guy. I love yeah. that guy. I apologize to John for saying he's still around. Just I haven't talked to him or seen him in a long time. Isn't that amazing? And now, by the way, I didn't think he was dead. I was open to him being dead, which sounds strange. Well, who knows? You know? No, he's not dead. Not that I know of. Yeah. I think I would have heard. But you said it was such authority, so he's not dead. Anyhow... So and then he is Gil and he accidentally calls Gil. So this is like another example of he accidentally gets himself into this situation, and he says to Gil, "You could fax me directions. <laughs> you could fax Expect, me directions. Yeah. It's like it, you know, it just doesn't feel like that long ago." Well, he presents also Cheryl with the fact that they have to go. Cheryl's unhappy. He says, come on, we'll go there for 10 minutes and leave. So the minute he says, it'll be 10 minutes and we'll leave, you just know you, that's no. not what's going to happen. So of course. that goes with a theme of the show. Larry's intent, for the most part, is always being nice and being thoughtful and making things quick. But the world doesn't operate that way. They don't make things quick. As a matter of fact, I remember him coming to a birthday party of mine. I don't remember which one. I had a taco truck, you know, and as many people do. I don't know if people do that. But anyhow, uh, it's L.A., Mexican food rules. And at a certain point at the party, like maybe an hour in, Larry comes over and he goes, All right, I've done it. I've been here for you. I got to go. Bye. And he leaves. But the idea that he came over to me and goes, all right, I, knowing I'd understand. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to go. All right, take care. And I was totally cool with him going. And I, he didn't have to say, uh, I got to be up early tomorrow. There was, you know, the usual no, excuses. No, it's not necessary. No, it's he not just necessary. literally says, all right, we did it. Bye-bye. You know, and I was good with it. And I understood and I laughed. And a lot of people came up to me there. Where's Larry? And I just say, you know what? <laughs> I actually told everybody I asked him to leave. All right, let's go and move on. Okay, then we come to you in the hospital. And I have to say, Jeff, 
You look like a baby. You got this. I know, it's like weird. a little baby face, young baby face yes. Jeff lying in that bed in the hospital made me laugh. Yeah, and but it was it was very uncomfortable for me to film that scene. Why? Well, I used to have a thing called Wolf Parkinson White syndrome, which is I would have tachycardia randomly. And I was one of the first people who had this thing called an ablation. I, I was the 72nd person to have an ablation. Also, around really? the same time, Mitch Hurwitz, you know, created Arrested Development. Right. Uh, and Michael Sarah, who was on Arrested Development. Uh, I know Mitch and I were both in the first hundred. He was earlier than me. Point being is millions and millions and millions of people have had this procedure, which is, you know, they burn the extra pathway in your heart. Mm -hmm. It's evasive, but not. there's no cutting open of your chest. So... I was in the hospital for that heart-wise. And then don't forget, right before we started filming, I had had a stroke and laid in the hospital bed. So the idea that I'm laying in a bed and I'm going to have surgery to unblock my... It just was a little too that close was uncomfortable. to home. Mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't like it at all. I didn't like the way I felt, and I was happy when the scene was over. Really happy. And the purpose of the scene, of course, It's to set is Larry up to get my private porn to collection. To get your porno. But I was just thinking about, you know, the, the idea that you have a hidden porn collection, that he's creating this character of, like, you know, the typical smarmy agent. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like it's he's really separating you from himself in that he's the comedian and the artist and you're the smarmy agent. Uh, yeah, because and by the way, what we also establish is I asked him to do things, but we also knew even at that point in the show, I'm pouring water in case you hear it in the background. We knew that he would do anything for me and I would do anything for him. As a matter of fact, I would bulldoze the world for him. And that's that's the probably the one noble side to my character, you know, is that I would do anything for my pal. And at that time, more client than pal, but it was both. So the idea of it was to set up the ending to get the porn. So now they're, you know, they get the directions by fax, which I'm just dating, you know, just dates the whole show. Right. And there's no GPS, but he does have a nav system that he doesn't know how to work. Just the other day, you and I and Larry were d doing a scene on set and he was telling us that he doesn't know how to work anything. Remember oh, he was yeah, telling us my that? God, yes. So here we are 22 years later. He still doesn't know how to work anything. And by the way, he doesn't know how to work. He doesn't know how to do Amazon. I mean, Nothing. I'm talking about the simplistic things where you just push a button and push a button. Well, he talked about making reservations. That are, he doesn't know how to make reservations he at a restaurant. He doesn't know how to order, order, order from order in Grubhub and DoorDash. Exactly. He has no so, idea. So this Wait, was hold way on. back. Hold on. <laughs> His wife was in North Carolina ordering him dinner. Cause yeah. and, and he kept calling her, whoa, it's not here yet. And yeah. she had to give yeah. him updates. And he just told us that two days ago, three days ago. And here, and that's what I thought about when I watched this episode. He didn't know how to use the nav, and they're lost. But also what's fascinating is Cheryl says, don't you know how? But he added the opportunity to have a navigation in his car. It didn't automatically come in the car. Right. It was a thing to get every sort of accoutrement, which he would not know how to use any of them. And there was no GPS on the phone. There was none right. of that. Yeah, yeah. In 2000. I don't think. No. no. We had, you know, the little flip phones. Yeah. Um, so they're lost. Yeah. And they're driving along and, you know, I mean, they have no idea where they are. They don't have a Thomas guide. Right. And they see an old lady in the street. And it's night. Okay, yes. Just a random old lady walking at night. Who down was nothing short secluded. of perfect. And she was an actress. I remember her from Goodbye Columbus. And she was Ali McGraw's mother. She did so many movies in the 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. Very popular character. I didn't recognize her when we worked with her. I only recognized her the first time I saw the show. And what was amazing, remember I told you the dry cleaner in the last episode was in Planet of the Apes? Yeah, yeah. And this woman to be in Goodbye Columbus and bigger movies than Goodbye Columbus. So she was a, a working actress yes, and she was terrific but, but, in, in but this. But also a dark working actress. And this was the jolliest I'd ever seen her. Until Larry just pushes her over the edge, right. which he is wont to do, and she rips up the directions. Yeah, 
And what I loved about that scene is that it wasn't forced. It really felt like Larry was trying to grab the directions from her. And it really felt natural that she got frustrated and just threw him up in the air and said, fuck you. The whole thing really worked. And that's a hard kind of scene to film. So it doesn't seem forced or comedic. And when I usually say comedic, it's trying to be funny, even though that's not what the word means. Basically, people try to be comedic with things and fail. This was a big success that I was impressed with. I do find, though, generally on our show that for us, I never try to be funny. Well, by the way, one of the keys to doing comedy is to play it dramatically. It's to just play it straight. Just play intent, you know, just whatever it is. If you put a spin on something... It's generally not going to work out. Now, I'm talking about even play it straight, even if you're a character like Pee Wee Herman or how Bill Murray is in movies, whereas there's a specific style, but they're still playing it completely sincerely. And that is the way to play comedy. Whereas we see a lot of actors audition and they put a spin on something, there's not a prayer. That's the kiss of death. Kiss Kiss of death. death. Yep. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. From executive producers Park Chanuk and Robert Downey Jr., The Sympathizer is the new HBO original limited series based on the Pulitzer Prize-winning novel of the same name. Join me, Philip Nguyen, a scholar of Vietnamese-American culture, and the cast and crew as we discuss the making of this historic series. Subscribe now to The Sympathizer Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and stream HBO's The Sympathizer starting April 14th exclusively on Max. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity, and it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Okay, we're back. So, all right, so now the hat guy comes driving by, the same guy. And this is a tradition of using a lot of great old character actors that we do for have done over the many, many years. And I have a really good piece of trivia that is really good. At some point in that whole thing, he says, for the very first time, 
Pretty, pretty, pretty. pretty. I have it Good. here. When did he say that? Yeah. In the, that's the he first time it, in the show he's ever he, said it. He says it right after the hat guy, the oh, bolo string uh, hat guy. How things, he tells Cheryl how things went. And then yeah. he says it went pretty, 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 pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and that was when, when he goes to, the, he stops the car and he sees the guy and it's the hat guy who calls him, what kind of prick doesn't pick up a ball? And he walks away and he's not going to help him with the directions. And right. he's also going to Porno Gill's house for the party. And by the way, the basic premise there, which if I was there, I, I might have been there and I missed it. But I would just say, why aren't we just turning the car around? And following him. Yes. Yes, I, I thought the same thing. But you know what? Moments later, they show up at the front door. They so, show up. So it doesn't matter. And Porno Gill is Bob Odenkirk. Yes, Bob Odenkirk, my pal. Now, let's talk about him for a minute because okay. I, I know him very vaguely because he never lived in New York. I only know all no, the comedians he lived who York. lived in New York. He lived in New York. I didn't know Susie, him. Susie, he lived in New York when I did. He was writing on SNL then. Ah, and but he, he we, wasn't we, working in we, clubs. And we both lived on 72nd Street. So we were And I lived on 73rd at the time. Uh, yes, you did. So, but he wasn't working in clubs because I would have known him. No, no, no. He was not working in clubs. The last time he performed was in Chicago. Okay. That's why I didn't know him. We have been friends since our early 20s, whereas uh, we really suffered together as pals in Chicago. How old well, were you? I'll guess 24, 25. And we're, we're the same age. Yeah, almost exactly the same age. And Where is Bob from? Chicago, Naperville. He's from Chicago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and of course, we all we all know him as you know as Saul. We had better call um, Saul. But on Seventy Second Street, we had regular places that we would go. I spent the weekends with him. And he was a writer on SNL. And at SNL. The time? I spent Sundays were really the day we'd sit in Central Park by the Dakota John Lennon's apartment mm -hmm. in uh, Strawberry Fields or that area there. We'd have bagels and we watched the old guys talk to one another and. Tourists and whatever. And we're talking mid 80s. Yes. Mid 80s. Yes. And then we would go to BJ's Bagel A Go Go. A lot of bagels for us. Uh, we, also, yeah. we also went to um, a place called Alban Gusto on 72nd Street. And yeah, the only reason. I remember that place. Okay. So, you know, it closed shortly thereafter. And the reason it closed was, and I love this. This is awesome. And it's happened. I've seen it a few other times. The guy, Albagusto, his children, he wanted them to take over the business. They said no. So he said, fuck it, I'm closing. All right. Because he wanted not his name to be. Not every kid wants to take over the business, you know? The, to me, that's not what's fascinating. What's fascinating him, not him going, all right, I'll sell it to someone else, but him going, fuck it, I'll close. And there was um, Dinkle's Bakery in Chicago recently happened. Children, no. Boom, I'm closing it down. I love and that. And yet sometimes so, it works that's out. Integrity. You know, it's like uh, Russ and Daughters, the kids took over. And, oh, well, that's fascinating. Yeah. But it never works out when you sell it. Somebody's going to run your company into the ground. And by the way, I love that we got off there. That needs to be talked about. If you're planning to close your business, but you want your children to take over, you close it down if they say no. What did no. your father don't do? You I don't know this. It's funny. My dad owned a puppet theater no, in seriously. Brooklyn. What did your father do? Uh, my dad did two things. He was in the plumbing supply business with my grandfather. So it and my was your uncle. grandfather's business that he went into. That he was. That he yes. How about yeah. that? Ironic. Yeah. Didn't even know. And then we moved to Florida, and he became a legal administrator, which is like a uh, Jennifer's job oh, oh. on our show. Okay, you know, like yeah. the line producer. So he was doing that at a law firm, and I even worked not for him, but for other law firms. He got me. I was a runner, which means they'd give me papers. I had to run to the courthouse, file them, and come back for more. Uh -huh. So I was going back and forth downtown Miami. That was great fun. He wasn't a lawyer. No, he had gone to law school, but based on me having ADD, his his office was right below my bedroom, and the vent for heat was completely open. I would drop pencils on him all day, all night. I'm sure he enjoyed that. No, he did not. And he had ADD, just like his son. He gave it to, he gave it to me, whatever. But the point being is I destroyed his uh, dream of being a lawyer. He would have been a good lawyer. All right, so. Yes. I never knew that. I never knew what he did. By the way, I see that you're quick to cut me off and move on, and then you take a beat and go, let me be a little more thoughtful. That's happened I'm twice. I'm not quick to cut you off, Jeff. No, I'm not just cutting moving me off, along but the story. I know. Okay, let's go. 
So Larry and Cheryl show up at Porno Gills, and he's asked to take his shoes off. Really? Yeah, just take them off. It's just a custom my wife started in the house. <laughs> I, I think I'll leave mine on. Is that okay? They're, they're completely clean. Yeah, it's not about that. Look, see? Come on. Yeah, I, that's not the point. Just take them off. Ah. Come on. You know that's going to be a, a fucking thing. Yes, but also that is, has to have happened to Larry in real life. Probably. But, but, in re- but no, some I, people are I, very strict. I, I would wager that that's happened to Larry, except Larry would have taken his shoes off, but obsessed about it. And so he lives the fantasy on our show of not taking the shoes off. Well, that's what the whole show is, isn't it? The purpose of our show, he, you know, has to keep them on, you know, but that was his dream. And let's see what happens. It's revenge. Yeah. For all the things he had, little petty things he has to do in real life. Yeah. That now on the show, it's his kingdom, his fiefdom. He doesn't have to. And it's it's a dinner party. Yes. And you see already Cheryl is just like. Well, they thought it was a regular party. Right. That they could just show up for right, 10 minutes and, and leave. leave. Yep. But it's a sit down, small dinner party. I love they're introducing people. And you see already the wife is crazy. Wait, wait, wait. We're, we're skipping over a whole part that I love which is Bob. First off, he tells them... My wife jokingly refers to it as the house that come built. <laughs> then my favorite moment, which is true improvisers. True improvisers really are in the moment and they don't pass things off that are strange. Well, whoever owned the house yeah. or a set designer who was really smart, but I think it's whoever owned the... I think the, it looked more like it was owned the house. Yeah, owned the house. Yeah. He looked on the shelf and there were all these little bottles. And that's a collection of uh, just small bottles, and uh, I like them. That's all he said. That's all he said. I know. And and if it was later, I could say it was set designer. In right. that season, I would say no, it was there. No, because it's too much of an accident for Bob to just notice it on that's that right. take. And I'm sure he's, I know, I was there. He did something different every take about those bottles. But the simplest one generally is the one that wins. So And he was also a Second City guy. He's a, a, an improv guy. He was in Second guy. City, and we, yeah. we, we did improv together. We... Um, yeah, we did one-man shows. I love then that he introduces, this is Peter, my trainer. It's so L.A. to have your trainer over for your dinner party. That gentleman was Larry's trainer. Peter Steinfeld, who is the father of... Haley. Haley Steinfeld, yep. Really? That's his daughter. I love her show on Disney, the... Um, uh, Hawkeye show. It's one of my favorite things Disney has ever done. I love their TV shows. By the way, I know the amount of sidebars. Some of you enjoy them. Some of you don't. Huh, I'm going to be me. But don't you think that's such an L.A. thing to invite your trainer to a dinner party? Without a doubt. It's such an L.A. thing. I didn't recognize who was playing. I, I wonder if she was an extra. Who was Porno Gill's wife? Oh, that's Melanie Hoops, another improviser from Chicago. Terrific. Oh, she was Terrific. great. Great. And then the other two people uh, were Jackie Harris and Paul Greenberg, who worked a lot with Bob and I, improvising, doing comedy shows, stand-up. Paul used to have this great bit of him being this rock and roll drummer. It was hysterical. And by the way, I just came across them. I do a thing for Dana Gould. Dana Gould has a, a talk show parody called Hanging with Dr. Z, where he dresses and has full makeup of Dr. Zayas, who's one of the main characters. And again, I'm going to mention it, Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. And so it's really funny. And uh, Jackie and Paul are on it. And I just saw them. It was exciting to see them. And by the way, all these shows are on YouTube. I'm, they're hysterical. I love them. I, I, I haven't seen that one, but I've heard from many people that it is hilarious. It is. It's on YouTube. You don't have to pay a penny. So okay. there you go. So now they, they are stuck at the dinner party. And by the way, I was also struck, you know, Cheryl... More so in, in, what is this, episode three. Um, So she had been in the first special and then the first three episodes. And Cheryl had not done a whole lot of television at this point. I don't know if she had done. No, she was in the ground. She was so poised. She was in the groundlings and she'd done some TV work, but nothing. A little bit, but not that much. Yeah. She was so poised and so holding her own in this situation. I I was just very impressed with her. She really was fully formed in a way and held her own with Larry in a way that I don't know anybody else could have. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity, and it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. GameBridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Please visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Okay, we're back. Guild now goes into a whole long story about oh, teabagging and women way, sucking his balls. Hold on. He goes into a story that's clearly not scripted. And the idea of the story is first the teabagging with the woman licking his balls, but then right? a crew member is touching him and he doesn't Fondling. realize it. And then before you know it, the crew member put Tabasco stuff in, on his finger and stuck it up Bob's butt. Now, here's my question yeah. Was that in the outline? No! Maybe that was all maybe Bob. that porno gill tells a story. No, that was all Bob. Bob's So the Tabasco up the ass is all Bob. Yes. By the way, Bob was in my second movie, Dealing with Idiots. Uh, and um he was one of the well, he was in every one of my movies. But this one, he played a parent in um Little League Baseball, you know? And we go to the shop, and it was the most fun I've ever had improvising. It was a fully improvised movie. I went in there, and he told a different story every time I walked in. 
Did that make it difficult to cut? No, because I used one story or the other. I committed to whatever story. He told about this one story and not talking to his brother down the street, who's a locksmith. It was a whole story. It was perfection. It's one of the scenes in that movie where I just go, that scene could not be any better. But because of Bob. You know, Larry has said that like 96% of the time, the actors come up with something better than he ever could have written. Yes, in, but in the other curve. four. The uh, other 4%, I don't know if that's the percent, but something uh, like that. He wishes he could have written it. So more times than not, and that's all in casting. He'll call me as we're going home. And he says, that scene would be better written. And I'll tell you why. And then he tells me why. And it's different every time. But rarely. Um, I'd say once a season, maybe twice. Once a season. So more times than not, he's happier with what right. the actors bring. Yes. Or to the, and it's, it's, it's either he's happy with what the actors bring or their performance is cuttable. Like we can use it, but they weren't that well, great. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because it's improvised. So much of this show is put together in editing. Well, by the way, I think really the whole show is put together in yeah. editing. Yeah. And uh, Steve Rash, uh, one of our editors, he has cut the hour pilot and he's been on every episode in the history of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. That's kind of remarkable. Yeah. We should have him in. He's a he's a joyful, interesting guy. He's a and great he, guy. And he could probably tell us things about, you know, the show. That and what he does is so important, and he's an unsung hero, you know. Unequivocally. I mean, yeah. Unequ and as the seasons go on, he's had to look at more footage. Our shows have become more and more, more and more dense and complicated. So he has to look over you know, hours and hours of footage, you know, so right. that's, he's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if he ever edited porn. So he tells the whole story, the teabagging, the trainer takes the watch. You know, once the trainer takes the watch, that's going to come back to haunt him. And then the hat guy throws the lighter, LD breaks the lamp, the wife freaks out. She really freaked out on him. And by the way, she played that lighter and then meaner and then meaner. But you can always go bigger. Going smaller is much harder. You know, I think you just go smaller and they say more. Because that way, if you're big and they want to make it smaller, they'll probably use one of your big takes. If you go light and then go bigger, hey, you know what? I just made that up. That's not true. Let's move on. Well, but you know I'm what? I'm trying to figure uh, that out. And actually, I can't somebody, remember. Where, I didn't being, make it up, but it is a thing. And if I'm not mistaken well she couldn't have gone bigger we got her to no, attend but being know. somebody which we will see in the future not yet who tends to go big i always try to vary i always try to give a take that's softer well, and a take by that's the bigger way you, you vary your performance from take to take and he has you yeah. being normal yeah. and by the way the yelling is gold so he has to save it his yelling at me and getting pissed at me is gold but he has to save it. He doesn't allow yeah. that sometimes. I thought it was very funny that, that, that the, the Brian, the hat guy, owns a lamp shop. Um, well. And that's where they got the broken lamp from. So, all By right, the way, then, that's Brian Palermo. Palermo, okay. I think it, he was a groundling guy. That was funny. And we use other ones like that coming up because there's a lot of Second City people. And because of Cheryl, a lot of groundlings people. Uh -huh. And Brian... Was and is hysterical. So there you go. And so then they leave. Palerno. It's a, Palerno. It's a whole big Megillah, and then they leave. And then I love this next part about Cheryl's really angry at him, and it's a, so. What's the level of uh, anger here? What am I? What am I dealing with? Well, I'd say at least an eight point seven. Eight seven? Mm -hmm. That's not that bad. No. I thought it'd be like a nine. Eight seven. Yeah. No, that, it that, was. It was up higher. Yeah, and then you broke that lamp, and uh, that crazy woman screamed at you, <laughs> and it got you some pity points. Pity points? Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. I love pity points. Yeah. You see this, so the marriage, be, you know, between right. them, that right. this is not the first time that this has happened. This is a long-suffering <laughs> wife. But, by the way, this you is, feel for Cheryl, look, but here's the thing also. He was happy that she was at an 8.7 and not a 9. Not a 9. I mean, that's, what is the difference between 8.7 and 9? Three points. Yeah, point three. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, but I just like that whole interaction between them because you see, you see what it's a marriage. It's what it is. It's, it's a, a marriage, negotiation. but a very difficult marriage for one of the members of that marriage. 
and a very difficult life from one of those two people. So Larry is overwhelmed by what happens to him in life, and it brings on a great big a bunch of anxiety and stress. Cheryl is dealing with what her husband does with adding to whatever regular life stuff. Constantly. She, yeah. And I, I, feel more, I feel for her. Uh, interesting, when we were talking before you got here, that it seems as though Larry doesn't like Cheryl. I don't get that so much. I feel that they love each other. Well, the only hint we've had of something, if something existed like that, is the Mary Steenburgen, Ted Mary episode, which we just did. Well, he also calls her Hitler in that first episode, too. Well, by the way, excuse me for saying so. Yes, that is extreme, and the parents Hitler. But I think that most men, and by the way, women, too, your partner... You say he's a fucking... By the way, there's not a woman that I've been with that hasn't referred to me as a fucking idiot to my face and to others. And here's the problem. I am a fucking idiot. So how am I supposed to, you know, go against that? It's like, what am I supposed to do? Not that Cheryl's Hitler, that was extreme, but that Cheryl's bossy. But his calling Cheryl Hitler in that episode was really a story point. That was so that your parents Only a didn't story have to come point in. Exactly. And, no, and, and some things else. are just story And points. by the way, that would never make an episode now. That would never. That's true. He would That's not want true. to do that. Yeah. That's absolutely true. So, and then he, he has to go back, get the watch. Now you say that casually. He has to go back to get the watch. That is the equivalent of walking on hot coals, especially for a guy like Larry. Yes, So, so to go, go back in and have to ask for his watch. And by the way, the Gil, the porno guy, played by Bob, very kind to him. Wants him out of there. He gets a dirty look from the wife. And by the way, I would guess this has happened to him, either with a watch or something else, that this has happened to him. This feels like he's dealing with something. But he gets a welcome from Bob, but Bob fucks him because he gives him the wrong directions. Yeah, but he didn't do that on purpose. Yes, he did. Initially, To me, he did it on purpose. Wait, he gave Larry the wrong... Where did you pick that up? To me, I felt like he purposely gave him the wrong directions. That makes no sense. He's coming to his house for a party. Uh, No, when he leaves, when he goes back in to get the watch. uh And then he says, can I have directions to get home? And doesn't Bob say... And Gil writes down directions Oh, I thought he he went to his room to get a copy of it. I took it as he purposely wrote down the wrong directions for Larry to get lost. Uh, maybe he did. Well, maybe we interpreted it By the way, here's what I, want, what I want to say, and this has always worked for me. You are right, Susie. And I say that with complete <laughs> That's sincerity. a married man. That's I, a man who's been married. Yes. No, but I know it's like, do I have to be right? And I'm guessing with my uh, recollection and the way I look at things, I don't know that. You know that. It was an interpretation, so yeah. I could be... Who knows? We would have to ask Larry. But they and get I'm lost. sure, Larry, I would be shocked. By the way, we're working tomorrow. Let's ask Larry. And He's see, not going to remember. I know, but I would like to see him. He's, He's going to try. He's going to try. He goes back to get the watch. Yeah. He says to Gil, can you give me directions home? And right. Gil's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he writes them down. The right at the barn, left at the barn. Was that a barn? They're completely lost. I felt like he did it on purpose. He purposely gave him bad directions. All right, I want to say something else. And, and by the way, why are you explaining again? I just said you were right. There was no need to explain I again. might not be right. I don't know. I, well, you can be as humble as you want. I think you were right. But I think there are more things on the show that everyone can associate with, especially doddering men like myself, who has ADHD, bipolar, the whole festival. There isn't a time where I leave my house and I haven't left something I need inside Uh the house. My record is four times. Four times I've sat in the car, and I have to go back in the house. Four times, the pain. What do you leave mostly? Your phone, your credit cards? Well, no, things I have to bring with. I know when I come here, my notebook with the notes from the episode, Mm -hmm. I've forgotten that before. Uh, Or where was a time where I had to go back to my car? Maybe it was the day we filmed the hour thing. You were oh, asking. yeah. I, I don't go back remember, to my car because yeah. I left the notebook in the car. Yeah. The point I'm making is it constantly happens. And there have been so many times on our show where I've associated with something that it's been an association. And I don't think it's unique to being a comedy guy. Don't you think that that is part of the allure of the show? Oh, no, no. I definitely do. Yeah. But I'm saying I don't know how many people feel the same way. I think that people watch the show and they completely relate to all Larry's fuck-ups. 
So then he goes to our house. Yeah. And you had given him the alarm code. Is it eight eight six six? Is it nine nine eight eight? He's turning it upside eight, eight, down. Eight eight nine nine. By the way. Eight eight nine nine. Right. Alarm codes, uh, like you know, they're a fucking nightmare. Yes. He does the alarm. He goes to get the porn. Now this we really need to have Bob talk about that clip. Of Gil in the bad wig. Yeah, well, by the way, how about him chopping, doing the karate chop? Hilarious. When, when, I mean, he it makes was it so, so bad. Funny. But what he wants to talk about is the montage of him having to look like he's having sex with these women. And I yeah. believe during the montage, they were topless. I don't know if they, they were. were topless. Yeah. They were topless. And they might have been porn actresses, for all I know. I'm, I'm betting they were. I remember them being porn. Because you don't hire a regular actress to pretend they're in a porn movie with their tops off. Yeah. You want somebody who's comfortable in that situation. And when we filmed it, I know that Bob was uncomfortable in that situation. He was uncomfortable. And by the way, I purposely, I would be if I were him. I purposely didn't go to set because I didn't want to watch him have to go through that. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Okay, we're back. We're here with Bob Odenkirk, Porno Gill. One of the funniest episodes. What do you remember about that, Bob? I remember I got a phone call saying, come up with two stories that are inappropriate as though you had been a porn star. <laughs> really fun to do. I sat down and wrote out two stories. And uh, and I just remember that it was the most fun shooting since Mr. Show. 
and in some ways more fun than Mr. Show because I was the writer on Mr. Show and all the other things. No responsibilities. I had to do. Yes, plus as well. I mean, we didn't improvise on Mr. Show a lot. We did some, but it's just the best way to do character comedy. I think is to have it be at least semi improvised. At least. I mean. Judd obviously improvises and writes a script, but then improvises a lot. But you guys go off even more of a, just an outline. And I think it's the best way to go. It's just, you get the best. Uh, well, it, it's the best way to go if you have the right people doing well, yeah, it. Yeah, that's prerequisite. And, and you were amazing in this episode. I mean, you're amazing in everything, but you were amazing in this episode. The Tabasco story was just, you know, where'd you pull oh, that one out of your ass? <laughs> that's right. Um <laughs> I forget what the other story was, but it was... Uh, wasn't, wasn't, oh no, the Tabasco story was that. I thought it was something like Fidadio, you know, shitting on a table or something. I think it was. Uh, I think it was a shitting yeah, on the table thing. Yes, maybe some, something And who like doesn't that. love a shitting on the table story? Yeah. And you, who doesn't love making a shit off? Well, let me just say, you know, you go along in this business, you do all kinds of stuff, and you're thankful for every job, but... Then every once in a while, you do a job where you go, oh, that's why I got into this damn right. thing. Mm -hmm. You, like, forgot. You, like, went years without, you know, getting in touch with that fun and excellence and kind of uh, purity uh, that made you want to suffer all this shit in the first place. It's crazy. And, I think that's uh, also why one does stand up because you have so much more control. Well, you guys like way. stand up more than I do. That's the other no, thing. No, I don't. A lot of I don't like it at all. I'm the only one. I'm the only He's one the here only who one likes that stand up. Likes it. I'm done. I ain't doing it no more, baby. Well, my friend David Cross loves it. I have so many friends who love stand up. I, I think that's why people love it because they have control in a way that when right. you do other things, you don't. Yeah, in, you're in at the sense. mercy right. of whoever you're working with, whoever. Of the, so. Someone I know just called me and said I was offered a job on this show. And the only thing I asked her was, who is the showrunner? Who is the person in charge? Because that will set the tone for everything. Larry David is in charge on our show. Right. Therefore, the dominoes go boom, one after another. It's, as a matter of fact, I'll sit on the curb set, Bob, and I'll think to myself, oh, this is what I do. And whenever Curb ends, it makes me sad for obvious reasons. But also, I think Curb is right now the last bastion of any type of show that I moved to Hollywood for. Like, I don't see other comedies that have this feeling for me. But Bob is so eclectic. I mean, you, you go from porno guild to Mr. March. You know what I mean? I mean, you, that, that's like really a range, well, honey. thank you. <laughs> yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, I've had a crazy range I've been given to do, and I value it greatly. It's really what I look for is, uh, you know, the show I just did called Lucky Hank. The reason I did it is because it's so different from Saul. And what is that? Oh, it's a show for AMC. I It's based on a Richard Russo novel where I play a professor and he's a crabby guy and he's funny. He makes jokes all the time. And it's about the tensions of academia and it's about his family and his family tensions, which I think are relatable. Academia less so, but maybe we can get people to understand the craziness of that little work situation where people get tenure, you know, and then they don't have to worry about their job anymore. Yeah, and then, and then they don't care is, about their job anymore frequently. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a weird thing. It's a weird... Richard Russo said, you kill yourself to get tenure. I talked to the writer. He's a great writer. I yeah, love him. And he goes, you know, you kill yourself to get this thing. And then when you get it, something weird happens and your world kind of transforms and not necessarily in a great way. You don't know how to judge your value every day. You're not going to be fired and you're not going to get a raise. And so every day becomes this fight about, let me speak first or give me the honorary thing or I got published in this magazine, you got published in a better magazine. The rest of us, our jobs and our journey through our careers is how we judge our value and how what we fight for every day when we wake up. When you get tenure, you don't have to wake up. <laughs> you, you end up who's afraid of Virginia Woolf is what happens. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> 
So anyway, the point is, though, I mean, I read this script and it was so vastly different from Saul. I mean, there's no guns in it. There's no drugs in it. Nobody's going to die. My wife loves me. I love her. My daughter loves me. I love her. It, it's just, I mean, Saul was such a loner and and his world was so scary and all. But so I, you know, the and the difference between Saul and Curb is so wide. Yeah. But if I had to stick to one thing, my dream would be a show like yeah. Curb. Well, that's why, you know, and I'm speaking for you now, Jeff, I think we feel so incredibly lucky that we're on season 12 now. It's like amazing. So I want to talk about your reenactment of the porno films when you're in the yeah. wig. <laughs> it's so yes. funny. Let's talk about that reenactment. We shot it at a motel. Of course. Up the two, I think, maybe up the five, middle of fucking nowhere you know sun-baked motel laid out flat it had a pretty amazing sign if i remember it was all faded of course but it was oh, where what is the name of that it's where they shoot all the porns in north north of hollywood what's what do they call that i uh, it's uh west of the five right actually that's where vince had set breaking bad but it went to right. Albuquerque because of tax reasons. By the way, you might have enjoyed it more if it was closer. Yeah, I, I being away from my family was very hard on us. But look, the two actresses with me, I don't think had any training. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing. <laughs> I don't think they had any training, and I don't think they had SAG cards, and I don't think they ever worked again. <laughs> was, did you feel any awkwardness? Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. I mean, I would, yes. I would totally feel awkward in that situation. Susie, I've done, I've done everything. I've gotten naked in Radio City for Comic Relief Eight, totally naked, and uh, this was the most embarrassing, unpleasant shoot of my life. Really? Yeah, because we had like you know nudie underwear on, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm such a juvenile. <laughs> well, I mean, what is the difference between having sex? I know what sex is, but. Thank the God. difference after the difference after a few minutes is is not that much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a long time ago. Yeah, right? it's really unpleasant. No, I remember thinking fake sex when it's done this graphically is pretty. You know, well, why don't we just have sex? Yeah, you know, yeah. Let's take this off. You know, and, don't you think that that happens sometimes in with like you know people doing sex well, well, scenes actually, in movies. There, there, are, there are a couple of them. Don't Look Now with Julie Christie and Donald Sutherland. Yeah. It's been rumored that they had sex and I forgot the other one. No, Tattoo with Bruce Dern and Maude Maud Evans, I believe is her name. Adams. That was uh, Adams, Maude yeah. Adams, that they supposedly had real sex. And these are rumors that I heard from yeah. when I was a little well, kid. Well, you could see how that would happen. Like you're, you have, yeah, I you do. know, why not? I, just, I see. just do it. What I the get, fuck? Can I be no. honest? I get turned on walking in my house with nude underwear on. I really do. <laughs> and everyone, everyone around me just reacts. They, they're disinterested. They're, they roll their eyes or they don't even notice, but I'm turned on. So, so Bob, that's interesting though, that you, it was so awkward for well, you. It was gross. It was hilarious though. Weren't you so happy with the outcome? When you saw how oh, funny yeah. it was, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I loved. I loved that we were doing it. And as awkward as it was, I knew it would be a great capper to the episode at the end there. But you know, telling the dinner party story was the most fun. Uh, and I think pretty quickly, Larry chose that story over the other one that I mm -hmm. read. Well, I would see him choosing the Tabasco over shitting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't, and, and, he doesn't like scatological no. stuff. No. He doesn't. Not at all. He's offended by it, to be honest. The reason that was so much more fun, I think, is because you're there acting with all these other great, you know, with Larry and Cheryl and that terrific woman who played your wife. Her name escapes me. Hoops. I know her from Chicago. Oh, yeah. That's more yeah. fun yeah. than, than, uh, than that you know, reenacting a porn film with two hookers. Yes. Yes. And uh, who else was in that scene with me? Uh, Paul. Yeah, Paul was there perfect. And his wife. Uh, there actors they're second city people and they're great comic actors yeah and larry came up with the line the house they come built i think i don't know who came up with it i didn't 
It's a great line. Yeah. I didn't write the it. house that come built. Um, that is a great line. And I don't, I don't. That doesn't sound like something I would come up with, but I may have. Uh, you may have. Yeah. I, I did not, uh, and I thought it was a great line. And uh, Bob, I've mentioned to you my favorite moment in that episode because every episode there's a little thing that just tickles me, and I can watch over and over and over again. Do you know what I'm going to mention? Uh, no, the little the little bottles of alcohol, oh, yeah. that you, which were in yes. the house. Yes, when we got there, it wasn't like something our set designer put in. Of and, course, you would love that, <laughs> and I do too. That just destroyed me. And you pointed them out, and you said, "This is my collection." <laughs> you made it so simple. This is my collection of small bottles. <laughs> I love it too. Jeff. I know it, it I, killed me. Man. I love it more than the house that come built, which yeah, I think I is a too. very funny line. Very but funny. It's just so dumb. Yeah. And yes. and yes, those little bottles were there yes. as a decoration by the homeowner. Susie, there were hundreds upon hundreds I of them. I thought, but that's yeah. the joy of working this way, is that you turn and you see the little bottles, and then they become a part of your, you Yeah, know. but most people who are not good improvisers and not paying attention. So if you're improvising, you have to you have 360 degrees around you to notice. So Bob, you know, God bless him and his talents, saw the bottles. Well, they're not going to be ignored. Because inside, Bob is looking and going, what the fuck is that? All right, well, this is my little bottle collection. And that's what I'm describing is milliseconds yeah, in his yeah. brain. But it was a thing of beauty to yeah, me. Yeah, because, you know, if you're in somebody's house and they're talking about all the shit around them and they point to something completely inconsequential that you don't need an explanation for anyways, you know, that's what you can do in an improv scene with good actors around you is the dry... Tense kind of un throw yeah, away. the throwaway thing, but the absurd is very throw real. Yeah. Also, by the way, not something you would write. Why would you ever writing a script? Write. Yeah, it's true. And there's so much gold that comes out of stuff in the moment. Brevity and and being succinct are so often the keys to making that shit funny. Yeah, leaving something hanging that is just you know a stupid incidental but very specific truth about the moment is just a great thing to to trip over but here's the thing think about that thing of when you write you wouldn't write that for so many reasons it wouldn't even come into your head right hey i love you pal i will uh talk to you soon thank you great to see you take care guys thanks for having me on now i can't react on the air because he's recording it after we've recorded this but he wanted to be a part of things that was the specific yeah. thing he wanted to talk about on our show we're comedians. We're not, you know, right. regular actors who do sex scenes all the time. Ugh. No. Oh, by the way, even for regular actors, no one gets off on a sex scene unless they're a weirdo. No. And what people need to understand is that there's cameras all over and there's makeup people and there's, you know, it's it's not, there's no intimacy. Right. Well, you know, now they have, they have intimacy coaches and intimacy. Which, by the way, that is a really, even though it sounds absurd, it's a good no, you, thing. I think you need it. You, I think it's a great addition because, yeah, me too. you know, yeah. I think most people are thrown by it. Um, okay, and then here we are at the end. Larry's watching the porn. Yes, okay, so we're at the end, and the mother catches him And watching. Larry's watching the porn, and Louie and, and Mina walk in. Louie's face is By the way, so that's precious. what I wanted to end the show on. I love when Larry goes, oh, yeah, I, I know that guy, or whatever he says. But yeah. Louie's face. Louie's face is I mean, classic. He, and he didn't say a word. He just made a face of disappointment, which put a smile on my face. Yeah, God, yeah, Louie's face was a thing of beauty to have worked with him all of us and uh it's a great place to end it's the end of our our podcast and it's the end of the episode but by the way i do think that episode and i know we're going in order and we've done it i think that episode is excellent and also the simplicity of it and how really every beat worked there are some beats, which I'm not afraid to point out that I didn't love. Maybe there was one early one I said, that, well, that wouldn't work or that didn't work. But every beat in that show was fantastic. Also, um, at this point, they're standalones. Later on, we got into By arcs. the way, all the episodes are standalones. In, in season one. Yes. Yeah. And I've got some, yeah. one of those comes up later in like season five or six. 
and I'll point well, it out. Well, in each later seasons that have arcs, we frequently have one or two standalones within the arc. But we're going to get to that yeah, we'll next talk. time. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everyone who listened. The idea that you'd spend time with us is uh, an honor. Thrilling. Yeah. Bye. The History of Curb Your Enthusiasm is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next-day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.